You're listening to Faith Assembly of God Online, a recording of our weekly service. Thanks for joining with us, the place where hope and reality converge. In Acts chapter 3, we read a story. I want to kick this off this morning, and the title of our message this morning is simply this. Ah, look at your neighbor and say that. Ah. Not, not a pity, not, oh, uh, I mean, not a, uh, you know that, that, that experience you have whenever it's hot outside and you get to be refreshed? You know what I'm talking about? You know when you feel the refreshment that just comes, sorry. I didn't mean to do that right in the eyes. I, we need wipers on the, was, this, if it makes you feel better, I was aiming for the young people. If that makes you feel any better this morning. You know what it's like whenever you just get refreshed and you, you've been out in the sun for a long day, it's hot, and all of a sudden you get refreshed and you're trying to get, eh, ran out. Ah. Here's what the Bible tells us in, in Acts chapter 3. Peter, of course, is, is preaching because he has an opportunity like no other. He shows up on his way to the temple. He and John were doing what they do. This wasn't anything special. This is what they do. They would go every, every day for prayer. And on the way, they found a beggar who was sitting there. And the beggar would have sat there before. But this time, something happened. They looked at this beggar and they said, we don't have any money to give you, but what we do have, we give to you. And in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And with that, they reached out their right hand and they brought this man to his feet. And the Bible says he went with them into the temple. And how many know that got the attention of everybody? Hey, that's the guy who hung out at the bar. That's the guy who hung out begging. That's the guy whose life was limited, whose life was, who, who could hardly move. That's the guy whose life had seemed to have little purpose, but now all of a sudden they watch the guy whose life was completely transformed. Somebody raise your hand if you've been that guy or that person who's been completely transformed by the power and the work of God. They said, that's not the same man. And all of a sudden, Peter gets an opportunity to to address the crowd. And the Bible says, Peter seizing the opportunity. Peter was a smart guy. He knew this was his moment. This was his opportunity because everybody was looking because of what had just happened. And here's what Peter says to them. Peter in verse 17, as we look at this in chapter 3 of Acts, he says these words. He says, now fellow Israelites, I know that you may have acted in ignorance as as your leaders did. But this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through all the prophets, saying that his Messiah would suffer. Repent then, turn to God, so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshment may come from the Lord, and that he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through his holy prophets. Father... I ask that you would cause this word to resonate in our hearts. And God, make our hearts ready to receive communion this morning. God, to be refreshed by your presence. To be refreshed by the hope that you give us. I thank you for your word. I pray your blessing upon it. We know, God, it is blessed. So God, let your word accomplish what it wants to do. We give you liberty and room to work in our hearts today. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. Amen. (laughs) Here it is. Peter is talking with those who have gathered 
Those who are enemies of Jesus, these are individuals who wanted nothing to do with Jesus. In fact, to them, Jesus was the problem. And so because Jesus was the problem, Peter and John were the problem as well. And so they want to kill Peter and John. The last thing they want to do is give credit that Jesus had done something great. But how many know that it doesn't matter what you try to vote, what you try to legislate, what you try to pass, what opinion you try to make popular? It doesn't matter what you try to do. The truth of God's word will always prevail. The truth of who Jesus Christ is will always be seen. In fact, I believe it's sometimes in the difficult places that God can show his glory the most. Because in the difficult places is where you and I have nothing to do but to stand with our hands up and say, Oh God, unless you move, we have nothing. And in those seasons, those places, God is able to bring refreshment. I love that this word says, Peter says to me, he says that Jesus has been received in heaven and will remain there until the time comes to restore everything and to make it new. Jesus is making and moving in the process that is in place that he is coming again to create a new heaven and a new earth. How many know the earth we live on is going to be made new? This is not the earth we're living for. How many know what I'm talking about? Don't get overwhelmed because the earth seems to be going in the wrong direction. Hello, the Bible said this would be the case in the last days. Don't think we're hopeless because votes are passed, opinions are given, and things are said, and people believe this. It doesn't matter because the fact of the matter is that many people, it was by popular vote that Jesus was put to the cross. But how many know popular vote wasn't enough to keep him in the grave? He was popularly voted upon to be crucified, but popular vote had nothing to do with what the power of God would set forth. You come to those places and, and, and sometimes just need to be reminded that no matter what it is that we're facing, the kingdom of God is never losing. I want you to know if you are a part of the body of Christ, you are winning. Even in your worst day, you are winning. Even in your most difficult moment, you are victorious. Even when it feels like the sun is set in your life and nothing seems to be going your way, victory is still on your side because it doesn't matter how long you've been in the grave. There is a resurrection. There is a new life. There is a God who promises that he will make all things new. It's his word. It's the word that he speaks over us and the word that he absolutely promises. And some of us today just need to allow that to be a... God, you've got this. The, the sun is beating down on me. It, it, it's, it's burning my skin. I, I, I look like a Klingon a couple days after the beach, you know, with my skin peeling and the stuff. And you feel, and sometimes you can even get burned and it doesn't feel comfortable. You know what I'm talking about? My wife says you need to keep putting more stuff on. I don't want to keep putting more stuff on. It's slimy. It's yucky. It's, I sound like a kid still, you know, like 37 years old. My mom, put this on. You better put this on. You Sometimes it burns. Sometimes the, 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 the things that are coming around, but he is a God who refreshes. Refreshment is a reprieve from the weary strain of circumstances. He's coming to restore all things, but restoring all things is not yet. He's going to restore all things at the end of the age when he comes again. But until then, he's giving us times of refreshment. It doesn't mean we don't have to get back to work again. It just means he's given us a refreshment so that we can be energized to go back and do what God has called us to do. I love summertime because summer is when I take vacations, breaks, plan time with the family. I love having those moments. The older I get, the more I love those times. The older my kids get, the more I love those times. Because I'm really at the place now recognizing, hey, I've only got so many years left, so I've got to make the most. And so I've learned in life, I've got to hit the pause button. I've got to hit the reset button because time is flying by. 
There's moments I can't get back. I can't get those, those seasons back in life. But I love these times of planning, and we all need a moment of refreshing. I want to give you a couple things this morning, what refreshment does, and why refreshment is so important. Let me tell you, first of all, what refreshment is. The Bible says, so that times of refreshment can come from the presence of the Lord. Refreshment is when we turn our attention and we set our focus on God. When we don't allow the things that are going around us to become the things that, that, that uh, capitalize our time and, and take the most of our attention, but that we focus our attention on God refreshment is a reprieve from the weary strain of circumstances when things get long you need a break when things get heavy you need a break when things get tiring you need a break you need a moment to reprieve you need a moment to hit the reset let me tell you why because if not you get tired raise your hand if you've ever gotten tired now i want you to just see the natural process of what happens you get tired and the longer you keep going and you ignore that, 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 that sense inside that says you need a break, you need to rest. Unfortunately, sometimes what we do, though, in our culture is we take a break from the things that are important so that we can continue in the things that are not as important. So you've always got to evaluate what I'm taking a break from because here's the truth. I've heard some people say, oh, pastor, it's so busy. We just need a break, so we quit going to church because it's so busy. We got stuff. I understand the busy. Be careful of what you deem priorities and what you think the important things are so you want to be careful of that there's certain things you want to make sure you are hitting the reset but here if you go too long and you're tired soon tired becomes weary and soon weary becomes grumpy grumpy becomes ugly and ugly becomes dumb now i'm not being harsh or trying but you know it's actually proven that the longer you go without a drink, you can become delirious. If you don't drink or, dehydr- or, or hydrate yourself properly, you become dehydrated. And one of the, one of the aspects of de- being dehydrated is that you can see things that are not real. You can see mirage. You can see things. You, you can have a disorder in the way you perceive and what you see. That if you go too long without refreshment, if you go too long without being in the presence of God, without allowing yourself to be refreshed in the presence of his Holy Spirit, if you go too long without letting yourself just have those moments of, okay, yeah, I can't fix that. Yes, this is going on. Yes, these problems are around me. But to just stay Stand in his presence and say, to know that he is with me, to know that he is in the midst of whatever it is that I'm facing. Let me tell you why that's so important. Because number one, if you don't allow refreshment to happen, you get loopy. You start thinking foolish thoughts. You start thinking things that are not of God. You begin to say things. Oh, God, where are you? If you really cared, you'd do something about this. God, if you're really there, why, God, all this is happening, and where are you? You might say, well, that's honest questions. Absolutely. But when you live in that, you're not living in the truth of his presence. You're living in the truth of your confusion. You're not living in his presence and in his peace. You're living in your confusion. You've been spending so much of your attention on what is wrong that you forgot to focus and see what is right. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I'm the guy that sees everything that's wrong. Don't hate me for it, but I'm that guy. I'm the guy that says, we can do better. This can be better. I'm that guy. I'm that dad that says, you've done great, but we can do better. I'm, I realize who I am. I know that's part of me. And so I have to learn at times that I've got to stop and recognize, yes, there's more and greater that we can do, but don't miss what has happened. Because here's what Paul said, or Peter says to them. I realize it was in ignorance that you crucified Jesus, you and your leaders. 
He said, you didn't know what you were doing. How many know he's just uttering what Jesus said? Jesus was on the cross, and what did Jesus say from the cross? Forgive them because they know not what they do. Can I tell you, before you're filled with hate because people believe differently in what the word of God is, be careful that you don't allow bitterness and anger to rise up because they don't believe the word of God like we do. They're gonna go to hell. Be careful that you don't stretch your, that you should maybe just stretch your arms out and say, oh God, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. God, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. And here it is, Peter is saying to him, Peter is saying, I realize what you've done is out of foolishness. You didn't know, you were ignorant. And sometimes when we allow ourselves to go, and and here's what they were doing. They were following 400 plus years of Moses' law, doing what Moses said to do. They passed it down from parent to child, parent to child, and everybody just doing what Moses said to do. They were following Moses' law from a long time ago, and they can get so good at following Moses' law that soon, somewhere along the way, they said, we don't even know why we're doing this. We've lost the purpose as to why we've been doing this. We're following Moses' law from so long ago that we haven't stopped to see what God is doing today through Jesus Christ. They followed Moses. They saw and recognized all that was happening from years ago. They did what Moses said to do. But how many know Peter said to him, Moses pointed to a prophet who had come to a Messiah, not just a prophet, but to a Messiah who had come and pointed to Jesus. You've been so busy following the law of Moses over these years that you haven't hit the reset to allow God put into, put, to put into view what is happening today. Be careful you don't get so caught up in just your, your, the way you've been and the way you follow that you haven't allowed the Holy Spirit to refresh the way you think, the way you feel, the way you act, the way you look at stuff, the way you see to make sure we're looking according to what God's word is. Here, if we allow refreshment, here's what it does. Refreshment washes away disorder. The presence of God has a way of putting things back together again. Refreshment washes away despair. You can feel hopeless. I love this. He says in verse 18, but God was fulfilling. You crucified Jesus. You caused him to suffer. But God was fulfilling the prophecy that was written. Can I just encourage you with this? Before your crisis ever grew in your Garden of Eden, God already had a plan for the cross to be on Calvary. Before crisis ever grew out of your Garden of Eden, you had a Garden of Eden, everything's great. Everything's wonderful in your Garden of Eden, everything's good. And then all of a sudden, that serpent has a way of bringing things and causing crisis to blossom and crisis to grow up in the midst of your Garden of Eden. You're in the middle of your Garden of Eden. You say, God, I never thought this would happen in the Garden. God, I never expected this to show up in the Garden. I never expected this to happen. And here's the thing. God could have left us in the garden, but he already knew. I want you to know the cross was not an afterthought. God knew what it was going to take, and the cross was already there. Before your crisis ever showed up, the cross was already in place to bring help and healing to your crisis. Before your crisis ever made, reared its ugly head, before your difficulty ever showed itself, before it ever came from an MI report or from a, from a doctor's report or from a phone call, before that ever showed up, the cross was already in place to do what was needed to do in your life. The Bible offers times of refreshment so that it can wash away disorder, it can wash away the despair. You can feel hopeless. I want you to know life might happen around you, but God is still at work in the midst of what you're facing. You need to allow yourself to hit reset so that you can recognize that God's ways are perfect, that he's faithful. Let me give you the last one here as we prepare our hearts for communion this morning. 
that refreshment washes away disease. Disease. You know what disease is? Disease is the natural reaction to consequential things that have occurred in our lives for some way or some reason or another. Whether it be something that's passed down, whether it be something that you've, you've received or contracted, whatever it might be, it's an effect that attaches itself to us because of decisions we've made, because of circumstances around us, some things we can control, some things we can't control. But when we honor God and we stop and allow him to hit reset or us to hit reset in our lives, when we put our focus on the cross, the Bible says that by his stripes we are healed. Exodus chapter 15, Moses was taking the people and as he's leading them, they come out of the Red Sea and they just had a miracle. And I wonder, there probably had to be some in the camp saying, hey, why are we leaving the Red Sea? This is where a great thing happened. Let's just stay celebrating on this side of the grave of our enemies. But how many know that's not the land God had for them? The promised land that he had for them meant they had to go through the wilderness to get there. And they start traveling, and as they're traveling, the Bible says they went about three days, and finally they couldn't find anything to drink, and they began to complain against Moses. They began to complain against Moses and say, what are you doing? You brought us out here to die. Are there not enough graves in Egypt? Why do you bring us out here? All of a sudden, they find water. But what water did they find? They find the water of Meribah, of Mara. In the water of Mara, the Bible says in Mara that they called it Mara because Mara means bitter. They couldn't even drink it. It's bitter water. And here it is. Moses calls on out to God. Can I tell you, that's the reset right there. The people he was leading didn't call out to God. They complained against Moses. You know what's wrong with this? Moses is what's wrong with this. We'd be a lot better if it weren't for Moses. But it took someone, can I say to dad today? Dad, don't join the tribe that's saying complain, complain, complain. Dad, join the tribe or the leader that steps forward and says, oh God. I need you to give me wisdom to lead my family. God, things aren't going the way I wish, I thought, I desired. But God, I need to stop in this moment. I need your grace. Moses became that leader. And the Bible says that God showed Moses a branch or a piece of wood. It's not an accident that it was a piece of wood. Because it was foretelling that there was a cross that would step into our bitter streams. And the Bible says the moment that Moses put the wood into the stream, the bitter water became fresh, sweet. Ah. The moment that water hit, the moment that water hit, or the moment the wood touched that water, it changed everything. I want you to know this morning, here's the reset. The reset is to say, God, forgive me for giving my attention to all this other stuff. I've been giving my attention to all this other stuff. I need to give my attention to Jesus Christ. ISIS, judicial system, public opinion, 
I'm not swimming in those waters. Water that I swim in, not because I'm better than anybody else, but the water that I'm swimming in is the one that flows from the threshold of the temple. And every place that water touches, it brings dead things to life. Because the power is not where I am, but the power is in whose stream and whose current flows through me. I am no longer my own. I have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. I don't have the blood of just my own doing, but the blood of Jesus Christ on the cross changes everything. You're here today, you need to hit reset. You've been trying to fix things on your own. You got to hit reset. You've been trying to figure it out on your own. Just stop. I know you might say, well, that doesn't sound really deep and spiritual to just stop and say, oh, God. Oh, God, direct this. Show me what to do. And here's what I promise you. He'll show you a piece of wood, and it's in the shape of the cross that his son gave his life on because that is where healing flows from. Listen to this scripture. The ushers are going to come and serve us communion this morning. Listen to what it says in Exodus chapter 15. I don't have it memorized, so that's why I'm waiting on them to put it up there. If you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in His sight, obeying His commands and keeping all His decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians. Let me tell you who the Egyptians are. The Egyptians are the people who were enemies of God. I want you to know this, that when you honor God, even though you live in a world of popular opinion, of people who are enemies of the cross, that God will bless you because you live under the blessing of the cross. It doesn't matter what is happening around us. It doesn't matter what is taking place because here's what his word says. He says, the diseases of the Egyptians will not come on you. Why? Because he promises this word. He said, I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord who heals you. I am the Lord who heals you. Can I tell you, listen church, we live in a world with contaminated springs, polluted springs, but there is a cross who's gone deep to the, he didn't just deal with the surface. The cross of Jesus went right to the deep root of sin and out came the stream of living water from which we'll never, we'll never thirst again because he's provided that hope for us. So this morning, as we take communion, can you just allow yourself to just feel the, ah, hit reset on your marriage. Hit reset on your relationship and your workplace. Hit reset in the circumstance of things that are happening in your life. And say, God, how's it? here's how you do it. Lord, I want you to be the center. I'm not going to do it all on my own. I want you to be the center. Thanks for listening. Tune in again next week.